The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Many of us have the experience of losing someone that's very close to us. Oftentimes, that experience can take a long time to get over and sometimes we never get past it. We wonder why these things have to happen or how do we stay in contact or in touch with that person that has passed on. My guest today is James Twyman, the best-selling author of numerous books including The Moses Code, The Kabbalah Code, and The Proof. He has officially released as of yesterday his newest book, The Barn Dance, and it is a wonderful book, a beautiful romance, in fact, that really allows individuals to go into that story of death and understand what happens from the perspective of James Twyman. It is once in a generation that a love story comes along, changing the way that we look at life. And this is definitely one of those love stories. On November 27, 2005, two men broke into Linda Twyman's apartment in Evanston, Illinois, and brutally ended her young life. Three and a half years later, guided by a series of visions and dreams, James Twyman was mystically drawn to a barn deep in the Nevada wilderness where heaven and earth collide and magic changes lives. If you've ever wondered if we really can communicate with our loved ones who have passed to the other side, this book is your answer. If you've ever thought that heaven and earth never meet, then this story will reveal a world that you never imagined, a world where love never ends and life goes on forever. Once you pick up this amazing book, you won't want to put it down, and your life will never be the same. That was my experience of it once I read it, and that is the experience of most people once they pick it up. They kind of don't want to put it down and finish it in that 24-hour period. I'd like to welcome James Twyman to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, James. Thank you. It's so great to be here. It's great to have you, and I know that the Belief Center was a part of a wonderful series of barn dance events that you had taking place for quite a while, where you really introduced this book to a lot of people and got a conversation going that is very much needed at this particular time. Why do you think it's needed at this time? Well, we live in a very interesting time, as everyone knows, and we're asking questions in a deeper way than perhaps ever before as well. And one of those questions, well, it has always been really, what does happen to us 
when we do pass to the other side of the veil. Uh, and is it possible that we can all have a deep connection, even a conversation with people who have gone there, not just through intermediaries or psychics or mediums, but directly face-to-face? And that was the experience that I had. And I'm finding many, many more people who are having that same experience. But I, I think that we, we live in a time when these barriers are beginning to blur and uh, the the all of these limitations that we took for granted and thought were so real um, we're realizing are are not as real or as definite as we once thought and that i think is very exciting for people and the barn dance is is my own story but it's a story that i think everyone will relate to because we've all lost people that we love We've all asked these questions, and I think that uh, the book gives some in answers in a unique way, a way that hopefully will touch people's hearts and, and you know, d- bring them into a deep experience. The book is published very much as a novel, and, and it is a romance. That's how you have described it, truly, as a romance. But it definitely has a spiritual twist to it, and it definitely has uh, a twist where you really probe and, and ask yeah. questions of yourself and of what's going on in the book. Did you realize it was going to come through in this way, or was this something that just literally came to you and you couldn't stop writing? Well, uh, of course, you, you, you said novel, and that is an, you know, an important question right there, because this wasn't just a book I sat down to write. This was a book that I lived. It, it, was a, it really is a true story, even though it is written in a novel style, uh, and it, most of the story, if not the vast majority of it, is completely true. So even though it's put out as a novel, it really is a true story. And so it wasn't that I sat down and thought, okay, I'm going to write a book. It was that I lived an adventure and had to write, had to write the book. And, and I, I want to point out that word you, you said just now was, I had to write the book. Yes, exactly. Why did you have to write this book? Well, I think people will understand when they read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell them why so that they want to go out and get it to read it. <laughs> well, I, I'm... I'm uh, amazed at just how deep this book is taking people. As you know, we, we did um, many pre-events, uh, of which yours was one, you know, for two or three months before the book even came out. I mean, we did something uh, through Hay House that has never been done before. I've certainly never done it before. And that is to pass out 5,000 copies of the book for free before it came out. And the reason we did that was to start that conversation that you mentioned. We wanted people to be talking about this and to experience it the themselves. And quite honestly, I think it was one of the smartest things I've ever done because uh, the, the vast majority of the people who read it read it in one or two days. They can't put it down. And I don't think it's just because you know, I have a compelling writing style. Hopefully that's part of it. But I think the real reason is, is because it connects with the deep place in everyone who reads it. Uh, it. It takes them on a journey that is not only my journey, but their own. Because we all want you know, to know. We all want to experience this. And the experience that I had was, on one hand, unique, but on the other hand, universal. So I, th- I think this is why people are resonating so deeply with it, is because even though it is a fantastic story, I believe that people are seeing themselves in that story. It's very true what you said. I know that in the event that we held, before you came on to speak with the group, people were just chattering. They could not stop 
comparing what they felt about the book or stories in their own life and how they now had hope of something where maybe they did not mm-hmm. or how they really locked into a, a, a truth now to something that they had experienced that they had dismissed prior. And, and that's a big part of it is letting people be able to validate the experience that they had simply because they're reading it from you and seeing that mm-hmm. other people can have the same experience. That's right. And, of course, as happened at yours, it calls people to relate their own experiences because many people have had deep, profound experiences with loved ones on the other side. I think in some ways this book gives them permission to talk about it. And for some people, it, it showed them that they weren't crazy uh, because they thought maybe I was the only one or maybe this is pretty unusual, but when they begin hearing other people talk about experiences like this or reading the barn dance, I think it helps them to relax. And relaxing, of course, is really the first step because you have to realize this is not only possible, but that it is something that we can all do. And and the experience, of course, with me was dramatic and amazing, but all of our experiences are dramatic and amazing because they're our experiences. So it is a a conversation starter. And uh, I have a feeling this book is going to go far and wide because of the universality of the message. Absolutely. You begin the book in in the introduction, the, the very first sentence is there is, is there really anything such as a true story? And when we look at something like this, there there is always this tug that goes on in the mind, well, could it be true or mm-hmm. is it made up? And, and when we're speaking about, you know, the veils and the illusion and the reality, all of it gets kind of blurred. And why is it that we are so intent on having to know that it is truth, because we each have our own experience, and that may be the truth for us. Exactly. I I think we we first have to begin looking just at that word, truth. What is truth? You know, we, we have a tendency to believe that something that is real and true is something that happens to us physically, as if this is reality, this is what is real. And let's say, for example, if we dream something, well, that is not reality, that is an illusion. However, it was one of the things that we talked about at, at, at your discussion was that when we're in a dream, for example, when we're sleeping at night and we're in that dream, in the, the moment of, the, of dreaming it, it is a real, true experience for us. And we treat it as real, we learn from it, we grow from those experiences. I mean, dreaming is a very important part of reality. And, and then we wake up and we, we look back and we say, okay, well, this is real then. But the mystics have also spoken about this reality or this experience as another kind of dream and that there will come a point in which we open up our spiritual eyes and we look back and realize that something else was going on. Well, I think one of the really fun things about the barn dance is that it challenges all of these ideas. That's why I started off with that sentence. Is there really anything as such a, as a true story? Because we, we like to think of truth as something that is tangible. But once again, in the dream, it is tangible. The experience that I had in that barn, in that wilderness in Nevada, was a real tangible experience. And it was true for me because it transformed me. So what I've really come to, Simran, is that it's the transformation that's real. It's how it changes and and moves us and how we grow from it. And so for me, that doesn't really matter if it happened in a dream or an altered experience or talking to you here on the radio now. If it changes us and, and, and we grow, then it has a real effect, and there, therefore it's reality. So I, I think that that is one of the most valuable things about this book, and it really has been 
the heart of many of the real lively discussions in you know what is tr- what is truth what I- what is real and if we can expand our definition of those things and realize that the question is a lot bigger than we thought it was i think we can get a lot more out of it and and that's a very key statement if it changes us and helps us to grow and evolve or transition in some way to a different type of experience of ourselves than we've had, then it is truth. It is it is something to be at least sat back and, and breathed in mm-hmm. in a way that, that we haven't maybe taken in other things. So that that's a huge statement, I think, for a lot of people is, you know, because the experience is mine and not everyone else's, it doesn't make it any less true. That's right. It's, it's still my experience. What was the actual event or the we know that that Linda was murdered but what was the actual event that really brought you to the place of saying I've got to I'm I'm being led to Nevada I've got mm-hmm. to write this book all of those types of things was there some sort of catalyst well there were many and maybe I should back up here because I know that many people listening to this don't know what the book is about so maybe I'll I'll start there and I should begin by saying that I'm actually um, making this call and doing this interview from Evanston, which is where Linda was killed. And uh, Linda and I were married when we were very young, and uh, because, in, in particular, because I was not as mature as I am now, I hope, uh, I wasn't really ready for the challenges of of marriage and a family life. And I always felt like there was something that was drawing me to do something really meaningful in the world. I couldn't see at that time how I could do that and still be married. And so we separated and ultimately like 15 years later, we divorced. That's something I didn't really write in the book is that we were separated for like 15 years only because I never really wanted the marriage to end. I wanted to save it. And Linda and I were always best friends. We always worked everything out. And and I was always, you know, doing one thing or another to try and get us back together. And it was looking like that was potentially going to happen back in 2005 when Linda was thinking about moving out to Oregon to be with our daughter and I. And, James, and I'm going to have you hold right there as we cut to a commercial break. And we'll right on the continue cliff. that wonderful story so that we can find out how this book came into being. I'm with James Twyman, the best-selling author of numerous books, including The Moses Code, The Kabbalah Code, and The Proof. He's also an internationally renowned peace troubadour who has a reputation for drawing millions of people together in prayer to positively influence crises throughout the world. He's the executive producer and co-writer of the feature film Indigo and the director director of Indigo Evolution. He's also written numerous CDs and has some wonderful music, which I'll play a little bit of later in the show. Come right back and we'll speak a little bit more with James Twyman. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of content,
consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is James Twyman, the author of the new release, The Barn Dance, which is his 13th book and without question the closest one to his heart. Some of his other books include The Emissary of Light, Emissary of Love, and The Art of Spiritual Peacemaking, and most re- more recently, The Moses Code, The Kabbalah Code, and The Proof. His CDs have also inspired hundreds of thousands of people and his performances at the United Nations, U.S. Capitol, and Pentagon, as well as the grassroots projects like The Cloth of Many Colors, have made him one of the most influential spiritual peacemakers in the world. James is also president of the Beloved Community, an interreligious organization that has ordained over 400 ministers of peace around the world and the founder of the Seminary of Spiritual Peacemaking. Before we get back to this wonderful conversation about the barn dance, I'd like to mention his website, jamestwyman.com, and I'd like to give you a little taste of his music. Let's take a listen.
of course, it just added more drama to my journey, and I did go there, and without giving away too much, because, of course, we want people to be surprised, but uh, what did happen there was, well, it was something that was hard to explain, and yet at the same time was so real and so ordinary and transformative, finding a barn in the middle of nowhere, where it seems every night at, at dusk, people from the other side come to remember what it's like to be human, and where every once in a while, someone like me comes along remembering what it's like to be divine. And it's almost as if there's a doorway or a veil that is very thin there where that experience of connecting and interacting occurred for you. That's right. Um, the, the doorway, I, I realized, was, was much more than I had thought it was. Um, everything was much more than I thought it was. Um, but as I said before, it was it, it was not like an ethereal, dreamlike experience. It, it it had the tangibility of any ordinary experience, and yet it was the most extraordinary three days of my life. In having the experience that you had, what was your previous view about what occurred when someone passed, and whether or not you could have the connection and the interaction? Right. Well, um, first of all, I, I have been on a spiritual path my entire life, so it's something that I've always believed. I was raised Catholic. I was studying to be a priest when I was young, and I've been writing books on metaphysics for 16 or 17 years, so it, this was not a new idea to me. But one of the things that I always say is that there is a big difference between having an idea about something and the actual experience of it. And essentially, for me, it was like going on the most important journey of my life, which was not a journey of miles at all, but a journey of only 13 inches which was from my mind to my heart. You know, when we have faith in something, it is a very uh, mental or intellectual uh, accomplishment. But when we know something, then it's in our heart and our soul. We know something when we experience it. And so for me to have now experienced this firsthand and to be able to be with someone that I never thought I would see again, uh, it showed me resolutely that life is goes on and that death is not real and and that we do all see each other and interact and love one another again uh so yeah it was one of those things that just it simply went far deeper than it had ever done but had ever gone before well and it was also a deep illustration of how there really is no time or space that it's it's all right here at the same time mm mm-hmm. Well, I think this has been one of the great teachings of, of many, if not most, of the mystics. Jesus saying, heaven is all around you. It's not a place you have to die to get into. It's, it's right here and it's right now. I love one of the, I think it's one of the Gnostic Gospels, the Gospel of Thomas, where Jesus says, if, if heaven were in the sky, the birds would get there before you. If it were in the sea, the fish would get there before you. Heaven is all around you. And and this veil that we think is so impenetrable is really as thin as tissue, and we can step through it at any time, which is uh, something else I should mention, which is that this was not something that uh, that I believe was my own unique uh, experience that nobody else can enjoy. We, we actually put together a scientific study called dream dancing, 
which um, we have been studying how anyone can have an experience like this. And it, it involves lucid dreaming, which most people probably know is when you wake up and become conscious while still in the dream state. And yet there's a step beyond that where we can enter into the superconscious part of our mind, which is where we experience a relative state of oneness, meaning that we still are in our identity. We still know who we are, but we're, st- we're also in a much more expansive place where we can have this communication. And so far, after about 400 people going through that study, we've had probably about 52 or 53 percent of the people have real tangible experiences, and in many cases, even verifiable experiences, where they, they got evidence, where they were able to prove it later that this was not just a dream, or at least an ordinary dream, but it was a real experience. So I think this is opening up a whole new field of study, and as inspiring as the barn dance is, I think it should also be treated as something that we can all accomplish. Absolutely, and and there are many different levels of consciousness. For those of you that are interested in more information about dream dancing, a scientific study with James Twyman, you can go to his website and click on the banner. The website is jamestwyman.com. I am with this wonderful author, musician, uh, peace troubadour, leader, that has written his 13th book called The Barn Dance. This is the closest one to his heart and one that really uncovers a conversation about death, about veils, about reaching over and reaching out and connecting to those that have passed on and also connecting deeply within about your own thoughts and beliefs about what occurs in this situation. This is not a story of tragic loss, but actually a love story that will reveal the world that you've never imagined. Neil Donald Walsh said, once in a generation, a love story comes along that changes the way we look at life itself. This is one such love story, and I certainly agree with that. We'll be right back with James Twyman. Connect with him at jamestwyman.com. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. 
results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone We need to perform a surgical biopsy. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. The Guard Dance was released yesterday, so you can go to uh, any of your bookstores or Amazon.com or even to the website, jamestwyman.com or the Hay House website, and order your copy today. Uh, they are having a special uh, cruise that you can qualify for, and you can download the first chapter of the book by going to jamestwyman.com slash sign underscore up dot html and you can uh, order some books and get some credits towards that free cruise and perhaps end up with a wonderful adventure of your own of soul discovery and i just want to mention that when they go to that website make sure that when they do sign underscore up uh, that the s and the u are capitalized because i just realized that if you do it small it won't show up and not only are we giving away um, a cruise to one person who downloads the first chapter, you know, I should say, Simran, I'm, I'm doing things that I've never done before, which is, you know, I just really want everybody to read this, and I'll do whatever I can to get them to do that. So we're giving away actually 10 cruises uh, to people who buy the book. Um, of course, just downloading the first chapter, you qualify for one, but then there are nine more. The grand prize is an all-expense-paid journey to the Holy Land with me as their guide, 30 free passes to an I Can Do It conference near you, 30 free retreats uh, with me in Oregon. I guess you could say I, I, I really believe in this book. <laughs> Well, everyone go out and not just get yourself a copy. Get ten more and pass them out to your friends and have a wonderful conversation. Actually, have your own little barn dance and have a, have a lot of fun with it. If you have wondered if we can really communicate with our loved ones who have passed to the other side, this book is your answer. If you have ever thought that heaven and earth never meet, this story will reveal a world where love never ends and life goes on forever. And that was one of the messages that Linda brought forward forth in the book uh, was a deep message about love. Will you share that with us, James? Well, first of all, one of the things that a lot of people have mentioned and even had a hard time with is the fact that when Linda saw me and everyone there at the barn dance, actually, they did not have the same kind of memory that you and I would think of as memory. In other words, Linda... uh, did not remember the details of her life. And we actually went on a journey so that she could see them. And a lot of people, uh, when, they, when they read that, they were upset, literally upset by that, because, of course, we really want to believe that our loved ones are thinking about us all the time and guiding us, and it makes us feel safe. But I, I think that there are a couple of ways of looking at this that, that are very liberating. The first 
is I think that, that we need to understand that things don't always work the same depending upon what side of the veil you're on. For example, we on this side of the veil, you know, as we negotiate through form, we have bodies, we have brains, and we have memories that are attached to those bodies and brains. Well, when you're on the other side of the veil, you don't have a body or a brain. Everything is operating more on a heart or a soul level. And so what Linda said is that it's the love that we share that passes through the veils. Not necessarily the intellectual memories, but the remembrance itself. And the way I like to think of that is that when we have an experience of love with another, that experience, because of the intensity of it, is actually woven into the fabric of our souls. And, of course, we bring that with us. And so there were times in, in my experience where, where, where Linda would, would have a, an emotional memory of something. She would, she would feel a connection. She, for example, felt a great love for her daughter, for our daughter, Angela, for, for me. And, and so I think if we understand it in this way, it's not that they don't remember us, it's that they remember it in a different way because they don't have little brain synopses flashing like we do. It's their soul that's remembering. So it's not memory, but remembrance. And the other thing I think is so important is that the, the first and most important thing on any spiritual path is the willingness to surrender, to let go of what we think we know so that we can be shown. And in this case, as in every other case, I think it's important for us to, to of course, you know, wonder about these things, but to also surrender it at the same time and to ask for guidance because we don't know what it's like. Uh, and, and, and if we can let go of, of what we think we know, then we can be shown um, in many different ways. This was just one unique way that I was shown, and now it makes a great deal of sense to me. And one final thing that I'll say about that is that there is also, I think, a very natural amnesia a soul amnesia that occurs whenever we move from one level of consciousness to another. So, for example, even when we sleep, we, we, we go from an awake state into a dream state, but we forget our body that is lying there sleeping. There is that soul amnesia. And so I think it's, it, it makes perfect sense that as we would move to another state of consciousness on the other side of the veil, something similar would happen. But it's, it is wonderful for us to know that those loving memories, the love itself is woven into the fabric of our soul and it inspires a remembrance that is even greater than the memory itself. Well, and something else that I took from what you just said was if we would realize in our living experience here to to take note of some of, of the experiences that were going on with those people on the other side of the veil, our experience here would be different. You know, we get too caught up in the details of our chaos sure and our drama. If we would let that go, if we would surrender and really understand that it is the love that we carry forward, mm-hmm. that's what's important. So do we really need to engage in conflict about something that really is just a tiny detail? Perhaps we need to focus on the bigger picture of this. Yes rather than getting in, into that whole, whole scenario. Well, the, the, the bigger picture is certainly what your soul looks at. And in, in many ways, throughout all of my books, this has always been my quest in one way or another to bring us back to the soul in the barn dance and the proof and, and every book that I've written is maybe just a different angle of looking at that same thing and, and we talked at the beginning of our show here uh, uh, how important this time is and I believe that this is the overriding um, energy of our time is it's time to return to our soul we can't figure this out 
We don't need to figure it out mentally, but we can live this on a soul level. And when we do that, then all of these issues and problems and situations arrange themselves naturally and easily. Well, you know, it's very interesting. The the issue that you're featured in in 1111 Magazine is the one that hits the stands next week. And all of the themes are always downloaded to me every September of the coming year, and I never know what that issue is going to be because it kind of comes together on its own, and I'm always surprised at what it looks like in the end. But every single article that showed up, every single interview from yours to Michael Beckwith's to Sonia Choquette's, all spoke about this subject of loss and the mm. subject of death. And it was quite fascinating to me to see that all come together, because I think we are dealing with it in a different way. I think people are moving so fast in life, getting so caught up in the doingness of things that we're not connecting to people as much. And when we do lose them, then it's like, well, how do I get them back? Or how yeah. do I connect to them and, and move past this grief that I feel? Yeah. And, and I'm really glad that you brought that up, because it is it is such a human experience to be in grief, and it is also such a, a valuable spiritual one. We so often think that we have to get over things, and it's not about getting over it. It's about embracing it fully, allowing ourselves to be human, because this is a profoundly important spiritual opening when we do lose someone, and we can't just spiritualize our way through it. Okay, we have to once again go into our heart, and sometimes our heart needs to grieve. Sometimes our heart needs to feel the loss, so that we can realize, in the end, there is no loss. But you can't just get that intellectually, and this is what I think people do sometimes. They 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 get a spiritual concept, and they try and use it to bypass, you know, what the heart needs, rather than diving into it. So my grief was profound, overwhelming, it was terrifying, but it opened my heart like nothing else ever has. And that's how this book, The Barn Dance, came through. Well, and, and it's very true what you're saying, because so often, and it doesn't matter even if you're taking the spiritual approach or not, so often we will numb our pain mm -hmm. simply by saying, well, this was God's plan, or it was for the best, or mm -hmm. by saying, I'm so enlightened, I shouldn't feel these right. things. You know, we really do move past it, but the spiritual experience requires us to feel. It's, part, of, part of being spiritual is allowing all of that humanness and allowing us to know what those different yeah. emotions are, and I think your book is going to really touch people at a level where they will allow themselves to now feel that grief because yeah. they can feel it through the book. You know, um, Neil Donald Walsh uh, said something to me. He's one of my dearest friends, and he flew out here to Evanston, to Chicago, when this happened and when we lost Linda and stood at my side the entire time. And, you know, this is one of the, the great spiritual teacher, teachers of our time, and he didn't just try and help me... Uh, get over it. He, he just held presence and supported me. But one of the things that he did say, he said, you may not ever get over this, but there will come a day when it's no longer over you. And that was some of the greatest wisdom I received. And I think anything other than that is what I like to call metaphysical malpractice. Mm, metaphysical <laughs> malpractice. Yeah, you know, because we, we try and bypass what we need to go through, and sometimes what we need to go through is to just to be in the in the, the tragedy, so that we can realize that in the end there is no death, not intellectually but experientially, and that we always are with our loved ones on the other side. James Twyman's latest book, The Barn Dance, is just released, and you can find out more about him at jamestwyman.com. 
You can find out about his other books, his CDs, his music, The Beloved Community, Dream Dancing, so many wonderful things that this amazing peace troubadour is uh, creating in the world. Linda said, I promise you we'll see each other again. There's one thing we always take with us from one world to the next, and that's the love that we share. It never leaves us and is like a bridge that always brings us back together. That is the one thing that we need to hold on to, is that we are the love that we share. I'm with James Twyman, and we'll be right back on 1111 Talk Radio. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network, 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. Listening on a higher dimension, 7th Wave Network. You 
You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Author, peace troubadour, musician James Twyman is with me today, and we are talking about his latest release, his 13th book called The Barn Dance. And before we get back into that conversation, I'd love for you to hear another small clip of one of his CDs. This one is Mother Teresa's Prayer on his CD, 12 Prayers. CD 12 Prayers. You can go to his website, jamestwyman.com, and look at all of the wonderful CDs and books, along with the beloved community and some of the other wonderful offerings that he has going on. James, what were some of the other profound lessons for you in this experience in the barn? I know that the the message of love was one very Mm -hmm. large one, but were there any others that truly were um, intensely profound? Well, the most important one was very personal and very human. And as it turns out, the few people who have been drawn to this magical place were there because they had something that they had to learn. And for me, that was a very important universal lesson that I think we can all relate to, and that is the lesson of forgiveness. For me, I didn't realize just how much I was holding on to guilt, as if I was somehow directly involved in Linda's death. Now, of course, these things are never logical or even real. Uh, Clearly, I had nothing to do with Linda's death, but there was a part of me that felt if I had done things different when I was younger, if I had tried harder in this way or that way, maybe it wouldn't have happened. And, And, of course, I was holding on to this, and it was a weight that was pulling me down. And... And so this was my my great lesson, was to learn that it was time to set that weight down. It was time to forgive myself and to realize that as hard as it is to admit sometimes that everything does happen for a reason and that there there is a connection to everything that happens to us that is conspiring with our soul to help us remember who we are and why we're here. And the other interesting thing, Simran, is that uh, it turned out that Linda had a lesson that she had to learn. We, we don't usually think about people on the other side as, as if they have a lesson. We sometimes imagine that when you're on the other side of the veil that you're done learning. But I don't think we're ever done learning. I think on a soul level we're always learning, we're always expanding and exploring. And for Linda, there was a deep lesson that she had to learn. But for me, it was really that lesson of forgiveness, which is 
something that we, we, we can all relate to. Once again, it's the, the universality of this book that I think is what's allowing people to connect to it. Absolutely. And one part that I want to bring forward for a lot of people, because when they read through this, I'm sure for many people uh, the thought of, well, I wonder where where in Nevada he went. And, you yeah. know, if, if there are places like this where the veil is so thin and I can connect to the people that I've lost, I have to get to that place. But we can reach that place on our own, and we don't have to necessarily go to a place to to connect to those that we yeah. have lost. You know, obviously a lot of people have been trying to convince me to tell them exactly where, where this place is, but sure. I hesitate for a number of reasons, one of which is that, as you said, we don't need to go to a physical place. Yes, I do believe that there are certain places where the veil is thin, um, but the the, veil, the place where the veil is thinnest is within each one of us. There was definitely a vortex that was in this wilderness in Nevada, but there is also a vortex within us. And if we are willing to surrender and release and open, and that's one of, the, of course, the, the, the primary things in the Dream Dance study, that I believe we can all have amazing, profound openings. Uh, so... You know, who knows? Maybe one of these days I will bring a few people out there. But thus far, I haven't felt guided, even to go back myself. I almost went back, to be honest with you, a couple of weeks ago. I had a couple of days off, and I was about a five-hour drive away, and I almost got in the car and drove back. But I didn't because I realized I was doing it out of curiosity rather than a calling. The first time I went there was because it was literally calling me to go. And I'm going to wait until that happens again. And if it happens again, I will go back, and who knows what will happen. Um, but I, I believe that, as you said, Simran, it's important to realize that it's not about the place. It's about you. It's about what's in you right now. When we began this conversation, speaking about how the two of you split, you kind of had different paths. Uh, she really wanted you all together. You really wanted to uh, create some, some very profound things in the world to help people. And as I read through the book, I realized for myself that when we have an intention to do something, it does manifest. It may not look the way we desire it to look in the end, but it does always still come to us. And in this, the creation of the barn dance and having it come through you, it in a sense has brought the three of you back together, Angela, Linda, and yourself, because you're always together when you're discussing this, or you've had said... uh, at the meeting that we had, that you could feel her presence every time you did mm-hmm. one of those uh, barn dance sessions. And you were able to do something very profound in the world and bring a conversation that needs to occur. So having the attention of doing that, it did still come into fruition for all of you. It really did. You know, for a little while there, about three weeks, Angela was on the road with me, and she was sharing her experience of the book, and people were asking her questions. And, and there were a number of times when... I could almost feel Linda right there to my left. Angela would be on the right, and Linda I could feel on my left. And as you said, it was like we were together in a way that we never could have been before. Uh, Linda was, was, was never a, a, a public person, really. Uh, but she is now. And, <laughs> you know, I remember when I first returned from, from the experience that I wrote about, of course, I spoke to my daughter, and I asked her if she felt it would be okay to write a book about this. And at first she said no, because... She didn't think Linda would like it, but I told her I would write the book for myself and that she would be the first to read it and that if she didn't think it was appropriate, then she would be the only person to read it. But when she did read it, she 
felt not only should it be published, but that it had to be published because she felt that the message was so important and that it would touch so many millions of people. And uh, and so you're right. Linda is is with me now. She is part of this mission. I could feel her energy all around me when I wrote the book, as I'm speaking right now in this moment, always. Because I, I am here in Evanston. Every time I walk down the street, I see Linda you know, somewhere doing something. A memory comes back, and she's still with us. And the writing of this book and, and going through the book tours and being in Evanston and, and just the whole journey of the barn dance for you, I know, has been a healing. How has it been a healing for Angela, your daughter? Well, um, it, it has been a big part of her healing, uh, and yet healing occurs in different ways. For example, um, being on the book tour, I think, was more challenging than she thought it would be. So it's brought her to a deeper level of dealing with her own grief, and that's a good thing. At first, I, I was concerned because, you know, she she felt a lot of stuff coming up that she thought she had dealt with but hadn't. And so I've just been encouraging her to continue to feel and to be, but her her courage in in the the face of that to continue to move through it and to stand up there and to share publicly was amazing for a young woman. And I should also say that she just got engaged two weeks ago, so uh, there are lots of new exciting things going on in her life. Oh, congratulations on that! Well, I want to thank you for bringing such a wonderful book and discussion to light that so desperately needs to be talked about by so many, just to get us to a place of feeling, just to get us to a place of opening up, to to being uh, caring of ourselves and caring of those that have passed on and knowing that we can still remain connected mm-hmm. and that even though that there may be doorways or veils between us, we're still all at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is no death. There. That was one of Linda's lessons as well. There is no death. You can connect to James Twyman at jamestwyman.com. In addition to getting the barn dance, I urge you to also take a look at the Moses Code, the Kabbalah Code, the Proof. Any number of his books are absolutely wonderful. And also look at the CDs. They're beautiful music, beautiful voice, and will really be uplifting to you. If you'd like to try to qualify for the cruise, for the Hay House Cruise and many other events that are going on, you can go to jamestwyman.com slash sign underscore up html don't forget to make the s and the u in sign up uppercase for yourself and uh, get some entries into that and perhaps earn earn one of the cruises i have enjoyed having james twyman on and urge you to go ahead and get your copies of the barn dance today jamestwyman.com my guest next week is michael beckwith of the agape center he's written numerous books and wonderful cds and we'll have another incredible conversation until next week i'm simran singh and i wish you well Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 